prison and half can Oh God! Daddy, stay on your bike! Dude, burning and you don't want to turn around anymore and you know if somebody now attacks you're going to be like blown out of the water but you just go no i just keep going just keep going tied on the inside it's this solo on the barriers oh what about that now then everybody i am tom ramsey and welcome to the edge coaching podcast this podcast will provide a clear insight into the world of athletic performance and help provide a clear, relatable understanding into subject areas revolving training, nutrition, stress, psychology, and much, much more. Without further ado, let's begin. Good afternoon, everybody. How are we all doing? I'm very well, thank you very much for asking. Today is Thursday, the 29th of September. Um, and I'm speaking to you from uh, the comfort of my own house. I've moved house now, so a bit of an update. Um, in the last podcast, I hadn't yet moved. Now the house move is now complete, and I must admit the last couple of weeks has been a bit of a stressful time for me. Um, <clears throat> I know my wife won't mind me telling you, like genuinely, I think, the prospect of moving house and the um the the situation moving house i think i would actually quite enjoy it if i was on my own <laughs> um i'm a very stress free individual when it comes to things like that and i'm a bit of a project manager and i quite enjoy um things like a house move because it does take a bit of project planning and organization um and let's be honest, moving things from one place to another isn't typically that stressful, um, even all the other th- things that are involved with it. But um, when you throw a stressy wife into the uh, equation, who's a bit of a perfectionist um, and a uh, seven-month-old baby into the equation as well, I'm sure you can appreciate how um, how it suddenly becomes quite a quite a different environment to to work in and uh yeah the whole male female split um you know moving things into a house it's never as easy as um it would be if i was on my own or just having a couple of lads helping me <laughs> because oh no that can't go there um that has to go a different place and so on <laughs> but um yeah we've got through it and um in the midst of all that as well, I had my birthday. So it was my birthday on the 22nd. We moved on the 19th. Um, and yeah, now 10 days on from moving, we've got everything where it needs to be. And uh, yeah, things are kind of feeling a little bit more organized. Um, a couple of nice things that have happened with this house move, which was kind of the purpose of this house move is, uh, firstly, I'm I'm speaking to you from my own office now. So um, the new house was slightly bigger and yeah, we needed, we needed more room and the new house has got an, my own office, my own study where I can devote purely for work. Um, as, the, as the ed coaching is uh, getting bigger, I was not able to just do all my office work from my, the dining room basically of my old house. So so I've now got my own my own office where I've got minimal distractions my wife and baby cannot walk in on me at any moment asking me certain questions and 
um, and I don't get involved with what else is going on in the house. I've got I got my own space to work from. The only downside is, and I won't know how it's recording until I've played this podcast back to myself. If you can imagine my laptop's in front of me on a massive oak desk and my mic is also in front of me, I think I'm going to get quite a lot of bounce back kind of echoey um, things on the mic. So if you're podcasting, it's not ideal, albeit for my other work, I all my office work and training plans and talking to athletes, it's absolutely spot on. So a nice environment to work within. The other benefit of this house move for me particularly is that the new house has a garage which is big enough um, to convert basically for my work. So in the process already, um, the garage is being converted into a, a place where I can do all my testing and all my bike fits from. So right now it's just an empty garage, all shoved through full of all the <laughs> all the boxes and 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 bikes and stuff. But um, we're going through a, a certain step by step process of converting that garage into a fully insulated um, environment which is going to have a separate window in, um, a roller shut door on it, um, and all kind of ply uh, uh, plasterboarded and branded up with good ventilation in there so that my athletes can come to my own house to be tested, to be put through their paces. But also I've got, um, in the same place, I can do my bike fritz. Now, as some of you may or may not know, um, I currently do my bike fits um from Viva Lavello and my testing from Viva Lavello in North Ferriby, which is a bike shop in North Ferriby. And I am incredibly thankful for their services because effectively I've got no overheads. I bring customers into their shop so they get a benefit and I've got an, a, a room in there which I can work from, which is a big benefit for me. However, although it's only a 15, 20 minute drive to get to Viva Lavello, it's unpredictable traffic and also when I get there, sometimes because the shop's so busy, the bike fit room is full of service bikes, which I have to haul out. So it's a little bit unpractical. And what would be an hour and a half bike fit can, too, can soon turn into a full morning's work once I factor in travel and um, all the extra little bits of work involved with it. So having the ability to do bike fits and testing from, the, from my garage, essentially, from the comfort of my own house, is much more practical from a time efficiency perspective and um yeah i mean from a money money perspective as well so there's, there's a lot of initial investment in terms of financing the the conversion but once it's done um it's going to look mint i mean for example um the other night someone came around and quoted um for the 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 front door at the minute is just a conventional flip garage door i don't know what you call them a pivot garage door which isn't too secure um and also it takes up a lot of space once it's all put it takes a lot of space on the sides and the top of the garage so i've got a, a roller shutter door um quoted up and that's going to be fitted in the next couple of weeks so that's the third step the second step is to put like a side door in the garage and a side window so it's got better ventilation and light the third step is to get in there with so and put like a dividing wall in so i've got um uh, just like a false wall with uh, uh wood and 
the plasterboard just so that I've got a certain section of the garage which I'm testing on and a certain section of the garage which I'm storing my bikes. And then the and last step is just to basically um, insulate it, put all the walling up um, and yeah, get my testing equipment in there. So yeah, in the, hopefully I'd like to say, um, I mean, like I say, project planning, I'd like to say by the end of October slash middle of November, that'll all be sorted. But the trouble at the minute is it's getting equipment, getting supplies, um, and also getting builders who can do some work for me. For example, putting those side doors in, I can't do that myself, or I wouldn't, I probably would be able to, but I wouldn't want to commit to it. Putting the lintel in and chopping the hole out, basically. So I'm waiting on a builder to be able to do that, but his availability isn't for a few weeks and, and so on. So it's just getting all those things together. Um, I appreciate I'm waffling on a little bit, but yeah, it's exciting times and looking forward to getting that sorted. Um, Aside from practical things, what's going on in my life uh, with regards to athletics and cycling? Um, so we're in a bit of a transition period, and I guess this is stemmed from the, for the title of this podcast. I'll probably call it transition period, transition phase, because a lot of you will be in a bit of a transition period now. So typically the road season, the summer season is now more or less to an end. There's a couple of crits still on the calendar. A couple of my athletes are still racing crits and we've started that hill climb season. A few of my athletes are also targeting hill climbs. Um, I've got a couple of young aspiring athletes, for example, Joe Schillibeer, who's doing the hill climb season this year and he's looking really, really well on form and he's going for the nationals and he's going for um, a couple of other big, big, um, big races, but yeah, that's a very short season. And once that's over, he'll be in his transition phase as well. And then I've also got my cyclocross racers who are, it's completely contrasting They're They've be, been on a build and they're just about to hit a peak ready for the cross season. But I would assume that most of you listening to this are road racers or time trialists, and you are in a bit of a transition phase now. So, um, before I go into what a transition phase is and um, what advice I'd give you for the transition phase, um, I'm just going to talk a little bit about m myself at the minute and what I'm doing because I think, I've well, I've had a few questions through recently and a few people asking generally um, as to what I'm doing <laughs> because um, I know a few of you follow me on Strava and you're asking certain questions um, and some of you are curious. So, Basically, um, for me, uh, I've had a fairly, as for a lot of people, I've had a fairly long, drawn-out um, summer season. And, um, sorry, well, let me just shut a cupboard behind me one sec. Sorry. My, um, my <laughs> it's a bit of a strange layout, my, my office, but there's a, basically there's a boiler in one of my cupboards and that cupboard door was open so I can keep hearing the boiler coming on and off. Um, so, um, yeah, it's been a fairly long, drawn-out uh, summer season, uh, namely because we never really knew when it was going to start, um, you know, because of COVID times and, and so on and so forth. Um, it seemed like we didn't actually know when that season was ever going to begin. And... Because of that, we were kind of um, training hard, um, 
you know, all the way through the start of the season, um, start of start of summer, um, and it only kind of came into fruitation later in the, in the year. But it, because of that, it's kind of dragged on quite a lot. I feel um, now, you know, we come into September, and normally, you know, by this point, we'd be kind of tapering off the racing quite a bit. But there's been some crits popping up and so on. Now, for me personally. I've known that I'll be moving house um, in September. I've also, obviously, I've got my fairly newborn child still, which is sapping a lot of my energy, and my work's fairly busy. So for me personally, um, I was kind of just done. I was was mentally and physically a little bit not in the right place. And to tell you the truth, um, I... It's, I've found it really hard this year to keep on top of good cycling form because in previous years, I've been a lot fitter. I've had less life stresses. I've had less things going on. So it's very hard for me to, um, on the basis that I know I'm compromised this year and I know I'm maybe 10% off in pre- from previous years, I know I can't get that, that full 10% back. So this year's for me, it's been about, okay, racing as, as, as well as I can without compromising my other kind of life events, as, as it were, without compromising looking after uh, Millie, without compromising my work and so on, but getting myself as fit as I can to still get a few good results. And that's kind of where I've been at. Now it comes to the end of September and you know what? I've been like, okay, well, the season's over for me. What can I do to maintain fitness? What can I do to keep myself uh, motivated and keep myself um, uh, looking for progression. Well, I'm done with seeking progress in cycling right now. To be honest, like that's the honest truth of it. I'm I'm kind of done with cycling for for a little bit. Um, the The thought of getting on the bike right now for me personally just isn't um, giving me much satisfaction. Um, and I think that's because. I've done so much of it for such a long period of time. I've kind of grown out of love with it a little bit. And actually, I think personally, I need to take a step back from it to realize just how much I enjoy it again. So for me personally, um, end of September, I've now said, okay, well, I'm going to stop cycling for a bit. I'll, I might do one, potentially two rides a week, um, but with no intention, no intervals, anything like that. Um, and actually, I'm going to make a bit of a transition into a runner for a few months. Now, running, some might argue that it's uh, counterintuitive for a cyclist. Um, it definitely uses a lot different muscle groups to, or, or, or similar muscles, but to a different extent. Um, and but some might argue that it's a really good way of, of maintaining your cardiovascular fitness through a period that you might back the cycling right off. And for me, that's what I'm the kind of um, the approach I'm taking on it. I know for one, I don't have the time to be going out and, and doing kind of long rides right now, but I do have the time to be squeezing in a 40 minute to an hour run three or four times a week. Now, if we go back, um, years and years ago before I became, you know, um, before I started cycling much, I did a lot of running when I was 15, 16 and I was fairly good at it. So 
innately I, I can run fairly well and I've got good running form. When I start running, it takes me a few runs to get back into the swing of it, but I soon start to progress really well. And that's what I'm finding right now. And it's it's really, really refreshing. If you think, you know, through the summer, you're doing everything you can to find 5, 10 watts on the bike over a certain duration. And every run right now, I'm finding 10, 20% improvement in every single run. So if I go and do a 5K time trial, for example, uh, in week three, and then a 5K time trial in week four, I'll knock 30 seconds off my 5K easy. Um, I just did a Beverly 10K last weekend. And um, and yeah, I was uh, got a, a time that I was really impressed with. Running is really, really fresh for me right now. Um, it's really... Um, it's really nice as a cyclist going into running for a period of time because you realize just how little faff there is involved with it. You know, I can look at, I can realize I've got an hour spare and I can do a 30 minute run, feel like I've done a massive workout with no, with no faff involved pre or post run. Um, it's simply getting a pair of shorts and some trainers on, you know, I don't have to wash my bike. I don't have to faff around with any mechanics. I don't have to realize that, oh, my tires need pumping up first and do that. Um, and, and so on. And also typically for cycling, you need a lot more than an hour to get a decent workout. Yes. I'd argue that you can do an indoor workout and get a lot from that. Um, but if you wanted to go out onto the roads, um, you have to do a lot more, uh, a lot more volume typically to get, to get much out of it. Um, so that, yeah, that's where I'm at at, at the minute. Um, I'm typically riding my bike maybe once a week. I'm running roughly three times a week. And I'm in the gym roughly two to three times a week. Um, my gym work at the minute is just kind of um, starting to ramp up, starting to build. As you will know, those frequent listeners, you know, I do prioritize a lot of gym work in the off season. So I'm just ramping that up slowly. Um, during the season, the cycling season, it was all on maintenance. And uh, typically because of where races fit and and so on you do lose a little bit of um strength and and hypertrophy over the over the season so yeah i'm kind of definitely not starting anywhere near ground level but i'm starting from a level that needs a little bit of work on mobility and form before i can start really upping the weight so yeah i'm i'm doing gym two to three times a week as well um and just not inflicting too much damage there um I'll run that through for a couple of months and then when we get into November, December time, um, the running will probably start to tail off and I'll bring in a bit more strength work. Just sip my drink. So I think for me, the running is is more just a bit of a, a mental refresh. Um, and, um, and yeah, you know, it's not the same for everyone. But I'll tr- I'll hopefully um, explain a little bit more about the importance of that mental refresh in the next uh, next half an hour. Um, <clears throat> that being said, I am fairly conscious. I want to keep this a fairly short podcast because um, I don't have loads of time, to be brutally honest. <laughs> so this podcast is about transition, fa- the transition phase, and I thought 
the way I'm going to lay this podcast out is to name um, five transition phase mistakes that I see happening a lot. So the transition phase by definition is that period of time between the end of the season, whenever your season is, <coughs> and the start of the kind of pre-season as it were. So you've smashed out a whole summer season of racing and you've reached the peak of your fitness. You've had your highs and your lows. You've achieved certain targets and maybe even failed some. But now, all of a sudden, going into you know uh, October time, the race calendar looks relatively bare and uninspiring. So this is the start of the off-season. Um, and I can appreciate for winter sports such as cyclocross that you're probably reading this with a puzzled look thinking that your season has just begun. Um, but this week's uh, podcast is directing more at those athletes whose season runs through summer. But if your if your season is in winter, you can just flip this on its head. Um, the transition period runs from um, the completion of your last race in the season until the start of the kind of preparation period for the following season. Now, for most athletes, this typically lasts two to four weeks. And it is thought as the link between two annual training plans. Um, so, like I say, for a lot of people, this transition phase doesn't even happen. You know, some people finish the last race of the season and straight away, Monday morning, they're out for a, a ride um, with the intention of improving for next season. Now, I don't advocate that for most people. It works for some people. But most of my athletes do see benefit in a bit of a, a bit of a transition phase, a bit of a break. So why is it important? <clears throat> well, if the athlete is experiencing a lot of kind of accumulated fatigue due to an intense season, then there is plenty of benefits um, to a good rest. Um, for, though it's kind of most... Um, it's more for kind of benefiting mental fatigue, I find. Now, in terms of physical physical recovery, you could allow for maybe four to five days to fully recover and then go again. But at this time of year, a lot of athletes have a relatively high level of accumulated kind of mental fatigue. You know, the, the kind of... Um, following a rigorous training program and racing program for such a long period of time, it can kind of just uh, wear you down. And I find as athletes, you forget all the kind of simple things to do in life because you're always thinking about your next event or your next training session. And it sounds daft. I know some of you will be able to relate. Some of you will be like, what you want about? But I know even for me, like if I've been through really tough training cycles, um, going to certain social events or going for a simple, you know, long dog walk can feel like such a laborious task because you're so fatigued or so worried about how that might affect your training or your racing for that block. So allowing you a bit of time to just forget about how those things might impact on training and racing and actually allowing that time for the wife, for the family to do these other things that you can't always have commitments in doing. Um, but, uh, you know, this... Um, uh, during the season, kind of rest is relatively acute at times, um, and and 
you know, this this rest in season can be enough to recover from a hard training session um, to ensure the quality in the, the next is is there, but not tip generally enough to let all the systems have kind of a systematic reset and allow for a full hormonal balance. Um, and But if you think about, you know, weeks of training, competing and juggling all of the other life commitments have taken their toll. So rest and recovery... Um, for a bit of a longer period of time at the end of the season is often needed to repair, rejuvenate and recharge. Um, and you've got to think about as well, you know, with more than half the year still left until you're, uh, you're once again racing and, and on the start line, there is no reason to start kind of really pushing your limits now because um, doing so is is a sure way to end up frustrated, burned out or injured um, while having a kind of Un, an un, uninspiring season having two to four weeks of uh, majorly reduced training stress will leave you feeling fresh rested and healthy and uh, is yeah I think an integral part of a, a training planet altogether so for those people who are racing in summer now is the time when I'm actually specifically prescribing a a a transition phase or a, a few weeks of good rest and recovery um so yeah so what i'm going to go through is is um five transition phase mistakes that i see so the first mistake is that um well obviously i'm not going to say in this that the first mistake is not doing a transition phase because let's just say that you're doing a fa- a transition phase <laughs> um and that transition phase is is 2 to 4 weeks long so the first uh, mistake I would say, and I've made a few notes here, is that you're not taking time to plan. So the transition phase is the perfect time to put a plan together for your attack on the next year. So while it's fresh in your mind from the from the season, what did you do right? Or what did you do wrong last year? What needs to change and what needs to stay the same? Were you an ideal race weight this year or did you feel a bit heavy? Did you have enough base endurance? Did you have enough strength and power? If you have been thinking about getting a coach, now is the time to do so um, as this is really when they can work with you to develop your annual training plan and formulate a structure and work towards your goals. Um, But think critically about these things that you might have done wrong or right. Um, the extra time that you have um, from not training as much is exactly when you can fit this preparation work in and it's valuable. <clears throat> Set yourself targets, both long-term and short-term goals and plot these on a timeline. Um, so for example, if it, if it is weight loss and you know you need to lose 10 kilos before the start of next year, for example, plot this on a graph. To ensure that this weight loss is progressive and you don't lose too much too quickly or make sure you're not losing enough um, each month. But if it's performance driven, then you can set specific targets for power or for um, or for times and, and so on and so forth. But it's a good time to plan now because you need to get this planning in place so that when you're, you start your prep, it's ready to go. Um, so this is the time when me and my athletes often, you know, I, I don't just say, you know, have four weeks off, off you go. Often I say, okay, well, we're going to have this amount of time off. 
you're going to do roughly this in terms of cycling over that period but you know it's unstructured you know have have a bit of time away from the plan but this is also the time when I'll often meet these clients for a coffee or for a walk and talk to them a little bit about how they felt the season went and what we need to be doing for next year um, <clears throat> mistake number two is that this phase is too short so too many athletes do rush the transition phase they may leave their final race of the season with high levels of motivation um, whether that result was positive or negative and therefore they want to dive and, and head straight back into the first um, into the kind of realms of hard training again in preparation for next year. Some athletes don't have any kind of transition phase at all, or they keep it to just a couple of days off. Without appropriate downtime, this initial motivation uh, can only last so long until the realization hits that the next season is still a long, long time away and the athlete is is kind of already feeling run down and, and losing direction. And I think this, you know, going back to me and my running right now, I know that I'm really, really bad at um, doing very little. Like it's probably a negative trait of mine. If I have two or, th two or three days rest on the trot, I feel very crappy myself. Now, that's not to say I'm overtrained because I'm very wise at how to manipulate certain intensities and uh, training stresses so that I don't get uh, overtrained. But for me as an individual, I can't just say, right, I'm having four weeks off, you know, and, and just ride my bike now and again to a cafe because that won't do justice for me. So what I do personally is I switch it around and I do something completely different. Um, so I try and progress my running, for example. But this isn't for everyone and, and everyone will differ there in terms of what works for them. <clears throat> um, mistake number three is doing too much in this period. So at this time of late year, a lot of athletes have relatively high levels of accumulated physical fit fatigue, like I talked about earlier. Um, during the season, like I say, rest is relatively acute at times and it's enough to recover from these hard sessions but not generally enough to let all your systems have systematic reset and allow for a full hormonal balance. So um, we need more than half of the year is, is still to go until we are racing again. So there's no reason to start pushing limits. Doing so is a sure way to end up frustrated, burnt out or injured. So while having an... Uh, two to four weeks re uh, kind of rest or majorly reduced training might at the time feel counterintuitive. What it will mean is that you are feeling really motivated, you're feeling fresh, and you know that your systems are ready to go and ready to be pushed again. And and that's really an integral part of the training plan to to kind of develop year on year. That being said, as we go on to mistake number four, um, on the flip side, there is um, a common mistake is doing too little. So mistake number four is becoming sedentary. <laughs> um, it always amazes me how humans tend to lean to one extreme or the other for almost everything in their life. And to be honest, myself included. Um, I think mine stems from my dad saying, never do half a half job. So I either commit yourself 100% to something or don't do it at all. And I know a lot of people are exactly the same. 
Um, in some parts of life, I agree with this paradigm. But if there's one place to say that this isn't true is now in a transition phase. Um, you are a well-conditioned individual. So, and well-conditioned individuals don't respond well to doing literally nothing for long periods. So the transition period is not intended to turn you into a couch potato. That is absolutely not what it's meant to do. Instead, it's a time of staying active at a minimal level, but it's kind of, I like to call it exercise as opposed to training. And in terms of definition, how I like to define exercise and training, training is training, training is exercise where you're trying, the purpose is to progress. Training is exercise where the purpose is to get fitter and stimulate your body hard enough so that you can adapt to that response and get fitter. Whereas exercise, by definition, is more for um, kind of maintenance, I guess. It's to get the heart pumping. It's to en get enjoyment out of it, release endorphins, and so on and so forth. Um so do enough to keep the blood flowing, maintain normal metabolism and remain sane. Um, and you need to admit to yourself that you will lose a little fitness over this time, but that's okay. But that is also okay. It's kind of taping, it's almost like taking one small step back in order to take three or four steps forward over the course of the off season uh, to prep for next next year. Um, so yeah, after a couple of days of complete rest, once that you've kind of started, uh, sorry, finished the last race of the season. So typically like, you know, give yourself two or three days complete rest and just walking, um, go out and exercise for the pure enjoyment of it. No plan, no agenda, no purpose. Just keep your body moving. Include one or two days of complete rest each week where you're doing no physical activity. But I, I guess you'll want an example. For example, if your last race is on a Sunday and you're having three full weeks of transition period, each week you might do two or three rides. Um, those rides might be you know, it obviously depends on what you're accustomed to before, but those rides might be an hour and a half to two hours long. Um, you're never looking up at your power meter. You're never looking at your heart rate monitor. Um, you might even just put your Garmin in your pocket or you might not even take your Garmin with you. Or you might do um, some mountain biking instead. If you're a road rider, you might do something completely different, such as mountain biking. Um, and it's purely for the enjoyment of riding as opposed to thinking, oh, this needs to be a zone two ride. So if you want to press on a bit and go hard now and again, you, you can do, just allow yourself to do that. But if you want an easy spin, do that also. Um, you should feel every week fresh and ready to go um, and never feel like fatigued and you've done too much. But also in between those two or three rides, you could do some walking. You should, could do a little bit of jogging. Um, but never do something that's going to inflict more muscle damage than you used to. So if you've never run before and you know that running gives you a lot of muscle damage, then don't run. <laughs> um, mistake number five is doing the same old thing. Now, what I mean by this is if you're a cyclist, you've probably, you, you probably enjoy riding your bike or, or I'd hope so anyway. Um, 
So I'm not asking you to completely ditch the cycling for for the whole transition period. But, um, and this kind of links on with the point I made earlier, you ride your bike a hell of a lot during the season. So why not try something a little bit different? So why not try a bit of hiking? Why not try a bit of skiing? Why not try swimming or a little bit of jogging? BMX, for example, mountain biking, um, bit of yoga, bit of surfing, whatever tickles your fancy. What just do something which is going to increase blood flow, keep you active, and be, by definition be exercise as opposed to training. Um, so, for example, if you've got enough money, <laughs> which I know I don't right now, but um, some of you might, planning a little family holiday. Um, for your transition period is absolutely perfect. So you finished your last race of the season and you're going on holiday for two weeks. Let's say you're going skiing for two weeks. That would be ideal because it's like low intensity. It's similar in motion. It'll keep you fit, but it's not too demanding and it's proper chill. Or you've got two weeks of sun, but you're going to hire a bike now and again, or you're going to hire do a bit of jet skiing and you're going to do a lot of walking, whatever it might be that would be an ideal, ideal transition phase. Um, If you must ride your bike because that's what you love doing, then leave your data and your Garmin at home. Instead, do a century ride or a multi-day bike tour with your friends who are slower than you, or just simply make every ride a social cafe ride. It's okay to do sport-specific exercise, but avoid structure and straight lines. Um, so like I say, if you're a roadie, try some mountain biking, for example, I dare you. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep this podcast there. That was my five transition phase mistakes. Um, like I say, my transition phase personally, because I know that I'm going to be cycling next year. I'm fairly certain I'll be cycling next year unless this running thing takes off like crazy and I end up realizing that I'm really good at it. Um, but I want a couple of months of doing something different um, to help my mental fatigue associated with cycling more than anything else. I hope a lot of you will be able to appreciate. I'm not just going out and training and then coming back and forgetting about training. I'm going out and training on my bike in the summer and then coming back and then analyzing loads of people's cycling data all day. So for me, cycling over time has become a little bit... um, repetitive so actually although i really 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 enjoy it as my job um and i'll you know i will clarify that i absolutely love cycling and analyzing data and and every aspect of my job when i finish work i don't want to do that a bit more i actually want to do something slightly different and that's why running is so so purist i can stick on a pair of trainers it's not subject to wind direction that much it's not subject to the the level of of equipment that people buy you know i go to a running race a 10k race the fastest and fittest guy that does that 10k race will win it's not nothing to do with the aero helmet it's nothing to do with the skin suit it's nothing to do with the time trial position you know yeah you need fairly good running form but you need a bloody good set of legs and that's that's what's going to make the difference between winning and losing as opposed to uh all these other factors that you need to consider <laughs> um so that's what i love about running whatever works for you works for you and i'm not saying that you need to take three weeks off 
I'm not saying that you need to not do cycling for three weeks. I'm just saying allowing yourself some time to do something different for three weeks, taking the stress off of training will very likely be a benefit for you. The only time when it necessarily wouldn't be a benefit is if you are, if your fitness is in such a state because you've been injured, because you've had uh, some period off by illness, for example, that would be the only example where it's probably not needed. If you've just had three weeks off the bike because you've had COVID, for example, um, and actually, you know, you, your fitness has really declined and you've had to not ride whatsoever, then obviously, yeah, it, it wouldn't make sense to do a transition phase right now. But if you've had a normal season, you've been racing week on week, you've had good progression throughout the year and you're at a good state in your fitness, then it's time to take a transition phase after the last race of the season. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you very much for listening and see you again next time.